You are watching or listening to episode 115 of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. And on this episode, I will be asked a question as a disaffected Packers fan about the fate of Aaron Rodgers. Then, speaking of disaffected, we'll probably talk about something related to NXT because everyone's disaffected with NXT. That and more on this episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. All right. Allegedly, that went off. Did you see anything? I did. Okay, excellent. It still doesn't show me a damn thing, so I'm going to assume that worked. If not, editing magic. <laughs> it worked for me. I saw it. So yeah, all it did was all it did was show a mute icon, and then I'm sitting here like, I guess it's working ish. Anyway, no, nothing like starting off the show like that, eh, Carlos? Streamyard is messing with me right now because I was able to get it to work on the Friday live stream. Um, I think maybe it's where I click it on here, whether it shows it, it should just show me all the time. Just put it on the screen so I can see it and hear it. And that way I know when to react. Otherwise I'm just sitting here going like, I'm staring at you and I can still see your video moving. So for me, it's like, did it work? I don't know. Hmm. Anyway. So ask me your Rogers question. All right. So here's my thing. And I, and I, I don't want to, and I definitely don't have liquor in my hand. That's, that's what you're all thinking. That's fair. So we, we know that Aaron Rodgers is got COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's unvaccinated, which means he, he will miss more time because he's not vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Even though he told everybody that he was, I believe he, he used the word immunized. Immunized was the verbiage used. Yeah. So he played semantics with it because mm -hmm. he does not have a COVID shot. Mm -hmm. um, the man said in one interview, which he, which he should have just left it at, because I don't think anyone would have blamed him if he had just said, I'm allergic to an ingredient in the vaccines. I can't take the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Nobody's gonna harp on you because okay, fine. Like if that's no, some, gonna... someone will. To be clear, someone will, but well, it'll be but it'll blow over. It is relatively minor. That's yes. not really a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. If you're allergic to something and you can't get the vaccine because the allergy might kill you, that's a very legitimate reason not to get a vaccine, mm -hmm. right? Anyway, so here's my question to you, Carlos, mm -hmm. uh, and it actually has very little to do with the vaccine part of it. Mm -hmm. um, that's another conversation for another day, uh, but not on here. But my question is, as a disaffected Packers fan, as you called yourself. Does it bother you in any way, shape, or form uh, because of potential team performance? Right? You're 7-1, and one, I believe. Is that mm -hmm. right? Right I now? That's right, yeah. They've, they've got the one loss, yeah. Right? Which uh, And you're playing tomorrow. Who are you playing tomorrow? I don't remember. I think it was, no. uh, I believe it was the Chiefs. Okay, yeah. So you're playing, yeah. well, I don't know. Chiefs are crap right now. Yeah, they are. So it's like, it might be the best opponent in, under the circumstances. It might be the best, like, oh, because the Chiefs are, because I'll double check, but I'm pretty sure it's the Chiefs and the Chiefs are kind of reeling right now. So it's not like they're on yeah. fire right now. Yeah, this is true. Um, so much so that on my fantasy team, I have benched Patrick Mahomes for um, Joe Burrow. So far, that decision is paying off. There you go. Uh, but anyway, do you, I know you don't generally care about mm -hmm lots of stuff and you probably could just bring out the who cares sign right now i could but does it bother you in any way shape or form because it could cost the team so my answer in the great scheme of consistency is no but allow me to elaborate on why no the biggest reason for it is if you remember uh before the season my thought process was that this is a couple that should get divorced my opinion was that mm -hmm. it's like there is almost no benefit from running this back because no good will come of it. Um, you opinion. theoretically could win the Super Bowl. So no good could come of it. Um, the important thing is that what are you trying to get forward? Uh, to me, it probably made more sense to trade the guy and get some assets for him and then try to do a rebuild and figure that out. Because this team is not going to win the Super Bowl. It has deficiencies. It has weaknesses. And nothing has been addressed. 
um, last year, there were some fatal flaws that cost them. Could they have surpassed, you know, the vaunted great Tampa Bay Brady's? Yeah, they could have. So could the New Orleans Saints if they had had a quarterback. Um, but these things happen. It's, uh, you know, luck and circumstances occasionally benefit alleged quarterbacks. But the point is, sometimes when you look at it and go, okay, is this the best we're going to be able to get from this group? If the answer is yes, then okay, maybe it's time to move on. And this happened with the Kansas City Chiefs prior to Patrick Mahomes taking over. They were actually pretty good. It wasn't that they it's not it wasn't they were bad. They were perennially towards the end there, a pretty good team prior to Patrick Mahomes taking over. He sat basically most of the first season, his rookie year, because they were, yeah, this is still a good team. This is a playoff team. This is mm -hmm. a decent team. And then he got to go in and then they started having even better fortune because he was an improvement over what they had. So from that perspective, it worked out. And it was um Oh, what's his name? He was the one who was drafted. Um, he was with the 49ers quarterback who then was drafted. Um, Jimmy Grapple? Uh, no. Uh, this was during the Rodgers rookie year. He ah. was the one drafted first overall in, in, in Rodgers rookie year by San Francisco. Uh, struggled in San Francisco. And I think he went with, with Washington when he had that almost career-ending leg injury. Oh, what's his name? He, he was basically the quarterback just before Mahomes. Okay, hold on here. I'll Alex it. Smith. Alex Smith, thank you. Yeah, so Alex Smith was very was pretty solid, pretty Remember good. Remember there were two Alex Smiths? There were, yeah. But the point is that Alex Smith, Kansas City Alex Smith, was pretty good. He was a good game manager. He was serviceable. He could get the job. And by the way, that team was a playoff team with Alex Smith. Yes. Which is to say, when then they got Patrick Mahomes and he came in with his skill set, they got even better. And they already had tons of talent, and they kept expanding on this offensive talent they had. And there you go. They would go on to win a Super Bowl, lose a Super Bowl, almost get to a Super Bowl out of three years. That's pretty good. Uh -huh. So, you know, nothing wrong with that. Um, the point is that in this situation, the Packers have no secession plan. There is no, you know, I don't think Jordan Love is going to be the answer, just to be clear. But in a way, it's good that it's like, well, you're going to get a chance to see Jordan Love with the offense, the exact same offense that Aaron Rodgers would have had against uh, a Kansas City team that's reeling. Is he, he the secession plan? I mean, I mean, granted, I, I get you don't think he's he the answer, but he is the secession plan, right? <laughs> he, he, he basically is by default right now, yeah. So, so the bottom line is that uh, a Jordan Love coming into the situation with a team that's seven and one, which is pretty decent, uh, going up against a Kansas City team that's struggling. If Jordan Love can't show us anything now, you may now know the answer to whether you have a secession plan or not. So, in some ways, you're actually about to find out. Worst case scenario, you're seven and two after this game. But if you lose to Kansas City in the state they're in, with the same talent around you, minus Aaron Rodgers. The only well, thing hold on. Is, the are are the other the receivers back tomorrow? Like the guys, all the guys that had COVID. I don't know if they'll all be back, but the point is, let's put it this way: the way Kansas City is, um, I, I he should be able to beat them with the Detroit Lions. Ugh. Yeah, they're not playing well. Like they're really playing badly. So it's like, it, it there's enough talent on the field that if they can execute on a good game plan. I still like their chances of potentially winning. And if they win, even if they scrape by and it's eight and one, then what's the problem? Yeah. But I still don't think like their playoff fortunes are for the fully healthy, fully vaccinated, fully on board, engaged Aaron Rodgers. I still don't think they're winning the Super Bowl. What does that tell you? Uh, yeah. Huh? So it's like, what difference does it make? That's the reason why I'm disaffected. It's like, no, I'm, I'm like, and here's the sign. Yeah. But that, but that's the reason why I'm looking at it. So my answer is, with a fully engaged, fully interested, vaccinated, healthier in Rodgers, I still don't think they're winning the Super Bowl with this team is currently composed. Therefore, what difference does it make? But you'll take it if they do. 
Well, sure. That's basically Super Bowl 45 in a nutshell. They were basically ahead of schedule. It, everything fell into place. Super Bowl 46 could have been the coronation, the real one, had you know that team not sucked on defense. Apparently, defense matters sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Ridiculous. But yeah, no. that's the reason why I like the individual thing with Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, I don't care. My thing was he did he did that big interview with Pat McAfee. That's where a lot of that stuff yep. came from. And I listened. Which I, I don't about, think did him any favors. No, I watched about three quarters of it and just rolled my eyes. Like my eyes were injured from rolling so hard. Um, <laughs> and it's the part he's just like, just shut up, just stop talking. The thing is, all he had to do was his answer could have been ninety seconds. It could have been like, I was allergic to the options. The third one, I had some concerns based on some of the side effects that I'd heard about. I needed to do some more digging into it. I'm not comfortable taking it, therefore I didn't. But my team knows, and the NFL knows, so we basically agreed to do it. Uh, I'm supposed to follow the protocol, so I so I'm, so I did. Or whatever but in this case sometimes you followed it sometimes he did and he said oh well i don't really agree with all the protocols like and my at that point it's like i don't care if you agree or don't agree as soon as you walk in the building you agreed as soon as you walked in i don't care if you think it's the dumbest protocol in the world the nfl comes up with plenty of dumb protocol but you agreed to it as soon as you step foot in the building you have agreed to the dumb protocol it's the same as um we were talking before uh, we hit the live I was telling Dave, giving him a little advice to help him out with the fall expo that's coming up this week, uh, following weekend, and giving him some suggestions about some stuff related to, hey, you may want to consider this. Here's some suggestions of things you can do, and showing him the little floor plan that just came out today. So it's like, hey, by the way, this is where stuff is. By the way, this is where this is going to be. In in that in that expo, they have a section where they're going to do like a COVID screening, which based on the discussion we had with the owner of the expo um, is basically going to comprise the, uh, basically a small survey. You know, have you been sick in the last little while? Do you, have you been in contact with anybody? The same kind of, you know, survey that you take at all kinds of stuff. When I, when I went to go get my second vaccine shot, I took a survey that was basically the same set of questions and I was doing there for, for, for the actual shot itself. However, you fill it in, it's straightforward. You show proof of your vaccination, your ID, you're in, they give you a wristband, you're in the door. That wristband allows you to come in and out during that time period and you're done. Now, is it a hassle at the outset? Yes. So you go there, make sure you're there with decent time. But also at this Fair. point, you're going through that pretty much everywhere you go. But you're also, the key point that I'm getting at, I outlined it just to be clear, but the point is when you are going, you are agreeing that you will comply with this set of things because that's the rules to get in. Every single person, dealers, you know, people, you know, athletes, everybody coming in to do signings, everybody is doing the exact same process in their own version of a line. I've got a VIP pass, so I have the luxury of going in a day ahead of the general public, doing this in a smaller group, just getting it over with. As soon as I've got that wristband, it's good for the whole weekend. So I only have to do it once, and then I get to waltz in the VIP entrance because I'm that kind of a fucking big deal. Woo! I know! The point is, you still have to go through that process at the outset. Do the process, but we all understand that going in because it's explicitly everywhere. By the way, no refunds if you don't agree to the process. You're coming in, you're agreeing to comply with this. You're going to provide what's being asked. You only have to do it once, but you still have to do it. You're not that special that you get out of it. Even if you don't like it, that's the point. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. Yeah. So it's like, if you agree to the rules of the land, then comply with the rules of the land and quit your bitching and moaning because none of us care. Everybody else has to do it. You don't want to do it? Stay home. But Carlos, shut freedom. Freedom, Carlos. You have, you have the freedom to stay home and shut the fuck up. That is what that is the freedom I give you. You are or welcome. Angrily, or angrily post about it on social media. Great. And I won't read it. You're welcome. 
That is what I do for all y'all. You're welcome. Are we? Are, is that, there you go. We got about ten or twelve minutes out of that. Are you satisfied? That's more than I got. You apparently you talked about it on the live stream. So well, on the li- on the live stream it was simpler because they just said I don't give a shit. <laughs> we, we let it go. But anyway, you wanted you wanted a little bit of elaboration, and I gave it to you. Which Even I with think some wonderful I, analogies and everything. Which is always what we want. Now here, Carlos, I have another. All right, so moving on then, I have a another question for you. Sure. Okay. So and 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 I guess I have like ten million questions. Okay. All of which may have the same answer. Okay. But what is the reason anybody at this point would watch NXT? Is oh. there one? Um, well, because you... because the way this going, like they've rebranded it. Mm-hmm. Like first of all, they 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 and and like let's put it this way: some good people have come out of NXT, yes. right? Like Bailey came from NXT. Uh, Becky Lynch was from NXT, right? All the horsewomen. Yeah, you can go to all four: Sasha and Charlotte. Yeah. So right. So right there, regardless of anybody else, mm-hmm. that's an all-star cast of wrestlers right there. Yeah, and but Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Dean boom, Ambrose, boom. for all three world world champions. There you go. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so there has been value in it, I would say. Mm-hmm. Right. But at this stage of the game, having you know moved off Wednesday nights because AEW is cleaning their clock. Mm-hmm to you know rebranding to nxt 2.0 with the new logo the new colorful logo mm-hmm. uh and then it's just like because if you get attached it seems like right now if you get attached to anybody in there uh they either don't leave or they get released mm-hmm. so what the hell is the point in watching nxt so okay so let, let me let me let me do it this way um Basically, WWE had a philosophical change, and that was that Vince McMahon got tired of paying for what was basically a super indie. Because the old model, so when Triple H was allowed to run the model, basically, long story short, just to give everybody a quick synopsis, the idea um, was Triple H's vision. And the vision was he was going to create basically, he didn't position it as being a super indie, but after a while it became a super indie because he hired a ton of like high-end indie talent. And then he tr- he decided after a while, and he slowly it modified. It was originally going to be a developmental territory, which it still was kind of a developmental territory. But then you're bringing in already highly polished, highly decorated performers and bringing in the folks that are really developmental really, really slowly. Because some of them would basically sit doing matches that were not televised or shown anywhere, maybe, maybe on some uh, NXT house shows. Um, but nobody would see the light of day of them, sometimes for years. Mandy Rose is back at NXT. She's the women's champion. And she's been in the company six years, most of which was in developmental. And she started off at Tough Enough. That's how far back she goes with the, one of the last Tough Enough ep- uh, series that they did. And she had been in developmental, developmental, developmental this whole time, like basically. And then she came on the main roster and just kind of hung around and did some stuff. She had some good storylines that people enjoyed during the pandemic era. But realistically... Um, in ring, not a lot to say for it. Now she goes back. She re- got repackaged. Uh, went to dark hair. Got her own. Got her own. Um, um, got her own stable uh, with some with some other ones that are developing. And now she's the NXT Women's Champion. And you know she's doing a pretty decent job of what it is. But the ones she's with, uh, some of the ones she's with, the NXT, the new NXT, was to go younger, 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 younger. 
because now they want to go back to doing like a full developmental. So the question is, do you want to watch a develop? What developmental means that you got people who are green. They don't know what they're doing or they have very little. Whereas the other one had a combination of that along with a Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn, those ones who had already been wrestling for 10 years already. Uh, and then it was just like, okay, so now we're going to get you some polish. We're going to get you used to, this is where the hard camera is. This is how we make an entrance in this kind of thing. This is how you react when pyro is going on behind you. We'll do these takeover shows, which are basically pay-per-views. Triple H turned it into a third WWE brand. So like Raw, SmackDown, NXT. And the takeover shows reached the level of quality where one of Sasha Banks' last NXT things, she got like a limousine entrance, dance, people carrying her to the ring, fireworks, everything. Rick, uh, Rob, uh, um, Bobby Roode, uh, who had been wrestling, he was already like 38, 39 when he went to NXT. He had already been wrestling for like 10 years. He had been TNA world champion multiple times for years, doing all this stuff all around the world. And he gets this glorious, he gets a choir. He gets a whole thing like they I remember, do. I've you showed me that. Yeah, but it's, but it was a full scale production on par with things you would see on the on the main roster. Now, upside and downside. That meant NXT was a quality wrestling product. It basically allowed WWE to reach an audience that was disenchanted with the main roster. Here's the problem, because it's still considered a developmental territory. Eventually, it's like when they call them up to the main roster. Vince didn't make Vince McMahon likes making things that are his idea. So he would take the NXT person and strip away whatever made them good on the other one. It's like, well, that isn't our idea. So our vision for you is this. Here you go. Make it work. Oh, by the way, we're going to torpedo you. No matter what happens, you're going to fail. And when you fail, then we'll say you failed. And we rack up enough failures. When when they were put in a position to compete with AEW, it was supposed to be like a like a shot at AEW saying you're unworthy of one of our main shows. We'll give you our developmental territory. However, they also threw a bunch of money into it and made it look like a main roster show, which means it went away from the aesthetic that made it into an NXT show that had its cult following. So therefore, it was the it wasn't the NXT that the NXT diehards wanted, and right. it wasn't the you know main roster show that the main roster fans would watch. So they didn't tune in. So the end result was. It was XFL 1.0. Not enough football for the football people, not enough wrestling for the wrestling people, so you don't really make anybody happy. Yeah. So it's like you mishmashed it. So then when it fails, now there's an excuse to be like, well, you're not doing a good job. When you, you were in charge of this, it didn't work. I gave you a job to do in BDAW. You failed. So now you're going to sit over here. You're going to be a figurehead. We'll redo this. And by the way, in redoing this, we're going to cut a bunch of people because we're going to cut costs. The goal here, we're a publicly traded company. We need to make money, but you're already making record profits. We need to make more money. So, oh, you're 36 years old and you're still in developmental? Get the fuck out. It's like, but you hired me specifically to help build up this thing. But it's like, that's what I'm here to do. And that's what I've been doing. It's like, yeah, but we don't need 36-year-olds. You're not going to the main roster ever. So get out. So you start tossing people left, right, and center. Even people you hired recently. Frankie Monet, Taya Valkyrie, who was in TNA and Impact and all kinds of stuff, she's 38 years old. Uh, for, for female in wrestling, that's considered over the hill. For WWE standards, that's considered ancient. How dare you even be on the roster? Get the fuck out. Yeah. By the way, John Morrison's still on a contract, her husband. Not awkward at all. No. Karrion Cross is in his 30s. He's not a young guy, but he has a great look. He looks intimidating. He's intense. They put him in like a, like a demolition outfit. Speaking of demolition. They put they put him in they made him look like that uh, but he looked like an idiot um 
you know, Scarlett Bordeaux, who is his fiance, might even be wife by this point. She was a part of his act in NXT and they, it, as a package, they were able to create this whole thing with the whole TikTok and all that. It was a very good presentation. It made him look scary as hell. It worked. And since she was like there, she would like introduce herself and be like the, um, she'd almost be the messenger saying, you know, he's going to kill you basically is would be the, the implication. And as a package, the duo uh, worked really well. And he was an NXT champion and he looked dominant. It was great. Uh, they put him in the main roster just to do a little tryout. As the NXT champion, had Jeff Hardy beat him in a couple of minutes on like a lame roll-up as NXT champion, which is to say, by the way, NXT shit. And it's like, Vince, you do know that you literally own NXT. Yeah. So when you tell everybody game. NXT shit, you're saying you're shit. Well, that's the thing. Sorry, I just realized I have to... Uh... Should have done this before, but I need to plug in. Do that. But the point, the bottom line is my bottom, my bottom line point here is that there is a schizophrenia from a Vince McMahon and those guys. It's like, it's almost like they don't understand that NXT is their product. So you're denigrating your own product at the same time that you're owning the product. So now what they've done is they've taken the reins and they've said, okay, fine. We're going to do this as a proper developmental, which means we're going to keep the folks that are like in their twenties, earlier twenties, the better. But it also means that wrestling, they're still new. They kind of suck. <laughs> so, so the end result is Mandy Rose, by default, is one of the more is one of the veterans because she's at least been at the company for six years, but she's still young enough that they think theoretically she can eventually make the main roster. So you keep your job, you get to be the NXT women's champion, and the rest of you get the fuck out. Oh, by the way, the ones that you told to leave are the ones that, yeah, they're in their 30s. They've also been wrestling for 10 years, so they actually know what they're doing. So the product, the product quality drops as a result. And you don't even take advantage of things like, um, so have you watched any of the NFT, NXT programming recently? No. Okay. So one of the guys on there. Cause that, no one is giving me a reason to watch it. Yeah. And there's going to be less and less, by the way, it's going to get worse before it gets better because it's because they, they've gone to full developmental, which is to say, okay, do you want to watch, do you like minor league baseball? Maybe the answer is yes. Do you like minor league baseball? If I say it's like rookie ball, maybe. Do you want to watch it on TV? Regularly? No? You know what I mean? Like, that's one of the things, like, I might turn in every now and again, or if there was, somebody was getting buzz, you know, that's possibly something you would turn in for. Or, or it's, it's like, it's like the thing, right? Like, um, for, you know, Blue Jays, right? Mm-hmm. Like, would I go to a Lansing Lugnots game on a regular basis? Like, maybe if I lived in Lansing and there was nothing else to do, sure. Right. If but you live in Lansing, there's nothing else to do. Please yeah. continue. I have actually I've been to Lansing too. But the but the point is, yeah, because you follow the major league team, so you might tune in from now and then, or if you hear about a prospect that's, you know, like a high draft pick or something, or somebody's, you know, a trade or something that somebody's playing down there, then you might check it out. But you're still not gonna probably watch it more than you would watch the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So the end result is that some folks are still watching out of habit but they are very much promote pushing it in the direction of being a developmental territory, really going back to the real old school developmental territory. It's as time goes on, it's going to be less NXT. It's going to be more FCW, which was the predecessor of NXT as a developmental territory for WWE Florida, Florida championship. championship. That's yeah. right. And that's where Roman reigns and those guys got or like their Ohio first. Valley. Yeah. But that's where they got there. And the thing is in the back of, in Vince's mind, he's thinking, well, before NXT, FCW, you had uh, Roman Reigns and Paige and a couple of those ones in there because this predates the the, fir- the creation of NXT. So they were able to have some successes. The same way that they think back to Ohio Valley, 
There was an Ohio Valley class. It's the most infamous class in developmental history for WWE. There was a class of wrestlers at Ohio Valley. Cena, was, right? Cena, Cena, Orton, Lesnar, Batista, and Lesnar, right? The four of them. That's pretty good. Yeah. But you're not going to get it again. <laughs> the likelihood of you hitting on four in the same class. Of that quality, right? Yeah. Multi-time world champions, all of them. Brock Lesnar, whenever he feels like showing up, is still on TV and you pay millions of dollars to do it. Randy Orton's still on the roster. Yeah. So like, and Cena comes back every now and again, too. Yeah, well, Cena and Batista are both doing movies. The point is that that's about as successful a foursome as you're going to get. What is the likelihood you're going to get that again? Very unlikely. Like, not. It's been 20 years. Randy Orton has actually been on the main roster for over, for basically 20 years now. Jeez. So, like, you have to think about that. And he was he was a young guy when he got started. And it's been, like, going on and on and on. He's still there. He's, like, a 13-time world champion or whatever stupid thing it is. But, like, he's there. And when the time comes, he'll go to the WWE Hall of Fame, the fictional place that it is, whatever. The point is that he's had a good, long career for starting that from that Ohio Valley class as part of that class with those other guys. But here's the other thing uh, that you got to bear in mind. Even when they've got stuff that probably is a slam dunk, one of the NXT guys, one of the prospects that they've introduced in the NXT 2.0 era is a guy named Braun Breaker, which is like the best name ever. Braun Breaker. Say it with me. Braun Braun Breaker. Breaker. Now, do you know who Braun Breaker is? No. That's Rick Steiner's kid. Oh, okay. And he looks like a Steiner. I did actually. Like, look at him. He looks like a Steiner. I I think we may have talked about this before. Yeah. But just look at him. It was like, dude, that's Rick Steiner's kid. Just call him freaking freaking Braun Steiner. I don't care. We've had this exact conversation already. Yeah. Just call him Braun Steiner. Just be done with it. And have him explain math to us. Do it. Do it. Teach him math the way that Scott taught you. What's the odds? Samoa Joe is on the roster. You can explain the odds of Samoa Joe winning at sacrifice. That's a callback, y'all. That's a great callback. The point is, just put it, just call him Steiner. Just be done with it. He looks like a Steiner. He sounds like a Steiner. Just move on. Yeah. Call him Steiner. But it's silly because and then he was in the championship match with um uh with Tommaso Ciampa. Down the road, they're gonna make him champion as Braun Breaker. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it 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 just seems like they're they're just continually devaluing their own brand, right? No, well, at this point, I think they they've made abundantly clear that they've given up on NXT as to be anything more than a developmental territory, which is fine. But now you've got yourself a weird situation where you're like, okay, so you already did. I think they did eighteen roster cuts this week, uh, including some high profile ones. You know, they got rid of Karrion Cross, former NXT champion. They got rid of Mia Yim, who had been in the system like for years, who had already been wrestler for a long time, never really got to do anything in the main roster, was part of a retribution faction that was really garbage, um, really didn't get a chance to do much. Uh, and she is either engaged or married to um, Keith Lee, who also never really got to do anything good. He was cut too. And then Scarlett Bordeaux went with Karrion Cross as well, um, who will go back to the Indies, by the way, and be Killer Cross again, and he'll be fine. Because when he was Killer Cross, he was like he did, and if he goes and does it with Scarlet Bordeaux, Scarlet, she'll, they'll be fine as a package. There'll be a chance to do it. I don't know if they'll. End. The great question, the real question, is how many of these folks end up at AEW? Hopefully not all, but some of them would be really good. But think about some of the other ones: Ember Moon, former uh, former NXT Women's Champion, did nothing on the main roster, just threw out. She was injured for part of the also, time, but but I will tell you this, Carlos. Important to note about Ember Moon. 
another person from the 2K19, 2K20 sorry, story that is now not on the roster anymore. The curse continues. The curse continues. There you go. But yeah, the point is that um, you've got a lot of... I don't think AEW should try to pick up everybody. It would make sense. Keith Lee is an easy one. Yeah. Because he's a big guy who can move. Like, he's got a lot of talent. But WWE, when they brought him to main roster, they basically said, oh, you're going to wrestle big man style. What does that mean? Slow and plotting. Keith Lee is only special because Keith Lee is a big guy who can do these moves from the top rope and all kinds of things that most big guys can't do. He's very much like a more modern day Vader. Vader was unusual because as a guy that big, he could do moonsaults. And I was like, why can he do moonsaults? He's 350 pounds. He's ridiculously large, but he could. In his heyday, when he was at his prime, he could actually move around real well for a guy that big. That's what made him special. Yeah. Why take that away, right? Yeah. But you basically took Keith Lee and you said, yeah, I'm going to take away everything that makes you interesting. And it was the same thing with Karrion Cross. He's just an intimidating looking dude who looks crazy. So yeah, put him in this stupid gimmick, in the stupid getup, get rid of his entrance, get rid of his, uh, you know, get rid of his valet, who's part of his act and kind of helps sell the whole thing. This guy's intimidating and scary. Don't give him any vignettes. Just have him go out there and look like a moron. Cool. Why didn't it work? That's weird. That's odd. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So the MO of WB has been, don't give them the tools to succeed. And then when they fail, blame them and cut them. Right. Um, which is now, now here's the question. Here's a, here's a spinoff on that. Cause you've already sort of alluded to it. Yeah. Um, do you worry at all as a fan of AEW, mm-hmm. right? Uh, as I am myself. Do you worry, because I kind of do, that, you know, this is going to bury some of the people that you potentially would want to get a shot in AEW, like that are already there, like some mm-hmm. of the homegrown AEW talent, right? Sure. Because AEW already has too many people on the roster mm-hmm. to act so, right. So and in not theory, I'll push back on that. I'll push back on that a little bit. The second, the second statement you made there is the correct one. There's not enough airtime. However, don't forget, Rampage is not going to stay one hour forever. Just to be clear, Rampage has always been designed to eventually become a two-hour show, but now is not the time. Part of the idea is to figure out the time slot that it fits, and that's them working with the network. The network wants it to be a two-hour show, which is fine. That's going to work. Plus, they still have dark and elevation and all that for the people to get in their reps in the meantime, because they their developmental system is actually, we're going to put you on dark and elevation. You'll still be around and you'll still be on the shows, but then you can get in your reps on here. People can watch it on YouTube. It's available. We'll give it to you. And Tony Khan eventually wants to actually have a streaming service to go along with his network partner. So it's just something that they'll incorporate into what they already have into the streaming package. And if they do that, it's basically their version of WWE Network. That's why when Ring of Honor here basically says it's going to reevaluate a situation, if their tape library comes up, uh, AEW may be a buyer of the Ring of Honor tape library because Ring of Honor was the starting point of Brian Danielson, CM Punk and a variety of other talents that are on their roster so they can have access to some of their early stuff and be able to use it as part of their highlights and packages and maybe DVD sets down the road. Hmm. Lots of good stuff they could use it for because it'll give part of their history. CM Punk had a great history in RH, so did that Brian Danielson. Those two guys right there, there's a great history that can be told. By the way, even some of the lesser known guys, the Colt Cabanas, Colt Cabana was in RH quite a bit, but I believe he was world champion at RH too. I think all three of those guys were. Okay. So they've got they've got video library that they could suddenly pull from and be like, oh, by the way, if you feel like pushing Coca Cabana, 
just show him when he was, uh, you know, world champion here or right. tag team champion or whatever. Yep. Give him instant credibility. Do a video package to explain to the audience. Oh, okay. So he's wrestled this guy before. He's got history with this guy. He's got beef with this guy. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, they were yelling at each other ten years ago. They're still mad at each other. <laughs> yeah. But you can bring that history in, and so, because the audience may not know, educate them. Use video. Show the clip. All of a sudden, it's like, ah, so that's why they hate each other. The story is already built in. Then they already did the groundwork. You just borrow it. You're still two of the same characters. Because if the characters weren't renamed, Cole Cabana was still Cole Cabana back then. CM Punk was still CM Punk back then. Brian Daniels in the American Dragon, that's what he was back then. So good news. We don't have to alter anything. We can use the same names. Yeah. In this wrestling multiverse, they're the same people. They just happen to go from one organization to another, and they're still mad at each other. Perfect. Yeah, like it, that makes logical sense. It's easy to build a story then. You've, are, you've already got the background. You don't have to throw it away. You don't have to pretend it didn't happen. So just take advantage of the tools at your disposal is the point. The point is if you've got it available and that that happened on Rampage. So I talked about it a little bit. I won't go over the whole uh, the whole thing, but did you watch any of Rampage? No, I know about the the promo, the Eddie Kingston yeah. CM Punk I, promo. Though. I recommend watching it because Eddie Kingston made reference to some of that history. The point is if you also happen to have access to a library of video that could give some of that history at the same time. And then when you're doing your video package, you can have him saying the words while you're showing the clips. Yeah. But and everybody a, got everybody got released from, from Ring of Honor, right? That is technically yes. Technically, Ring of Honor has allowed everybody basically out of their contracts. Some folks have uh, until the end of the year, and then they're going to reevaluate. They haven't technically shuttered the doors, but what they've done is released everyone so that they're not tethered to Ring of Honor. They can go sign with yeah. anybody they want to. They're if they do another show, they'll bring somebody people back, and then it'll be like a one. It'll be like on a per appearance contract kind of deal. So the, those people, but some of them are going to go to Impact. I can guarantee some of them will go to Impact. Some of them may go to Japan. Some of them may go to this, that, and the other. The, the, to bring back to your original question, I don't, I'm not worried about it because I, think, because I know Tony Khan is able to do some basic math. You need enough airtime to give your people something to do. Part of the thing that I think is going to help is that they've been establishing a history of six-man tags for so long there will eventually be a trios championship. So you'll be able to have these three person units that will be able to go out there and compete for this championship that will make perfect logical sense because trios championships are not used commonly. And it's one of those things though, but you've already got the AW audience conditioned to be perfectly uncomfortable with six man tags because they do them all the time. Yeah. So it's like, I think, I think personally you, AW needs to hire you. Well, these are facts. These are facts. Right. Like I, I honestly, and I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not actually saying this facetiously, Carlos. I feel AW would be a better company with you in their, in their payroll. I'm aware of this, but the, 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 the bottom line though is that like the pieces are in place because if you got trios championships, those are three man units. That makes it a lot easier to find them airtime. Give them a match on the show, and if you got two shows that eventually become two hours each, the point is this. This would be the secret. This is the secret sauce. When you get to the right place and you've got. And Rampage has its time slot, and it's going to be a consistent two-hour show, which I think eventually will occur. Then, what you do is... Do you think, sorry, do you think it'll be on Friday night? I don't think so. I don't think it'll make, I don't think, I, I, they could try it, but it would be, I wouldn't want to intentionally compete with WWE in, for a while, if, that, if you were going to do that. I would be like, no, find, find the time slot, find, whether it be on Saturday, or whether it be on Thursday, or whatever it be, you got to figure out something. Or go or to maybe, Tuesday and just compete with NXT again. 
<laughs> yeah. But the thing is, it's very tricky because the problem is, you know, Raw's on Monday. Now, mind you, Raw sucks. So, you know, whatever. Um, the Wednesday slot has been good to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd almost be, I'd almost think like Saturday, but then maybe do it like Saturday 7 to 9 or something. I don't know. I think you're going to get lost on Saturday. Like For ratings what? wise. From what? Because people just do other things on Saturday, right? They, they do, but it's, look, look, let's put it this way. Back in the day, um, WCW, WCW show, they didn't have a Monday Nitro. They did WCW Saturday night, and people watched it for years. Huh? Like, it existed for, for literally for decades on TBS. On TBS, Dave. So, so like, the, the, yeah, the yeah. audience was conditioned. The, the thing is, everybody's forgotten about Saturday night wrestling. It's not a thing anymore. But it was for decades. At the time, people, it was WCW Saturday night, literally called WCW Saturday night. By the way, during the Attitude Era, people watched Sunday Night Heat. Oh, what? It's like, and it was like, it was like the third tier show, <laughs> and people still watched it. When, when the product's hot, they'll watch it. But it's got to be consistent. It can't be, okay, it's going to be Saturday this week, uh, Friday next week. Thursday, the week after that, then back to Saturday. It's got to be like, no, if you tell me it's going to be 7 to 9 p.m. Saturday, every Saturday on TBS or whatever, okay, at least we can establish a pattern. You got to establish habit. Why do people watch Monday Night Raw Monday? Be habit. The show sucks. It's not any good, but they watch it out of habit because at least they know Monday night between this time and this time, the show's going to be on. Okay, I'll put it on the show. If you're not watching Monday Night Football, you're watching that crap. So they got to figure out the time slot. They got to figure out the timing. If they manage to figure those two things out, my point that I was making was you most likely will get Brian Danielson on one show, CM Punk on the other show, maybe both of them on one show one week, Adam Cole on the other show, Kenny Omega on the other show, Hangman Page on the other show. You will not necessarily get all these guys on both shows. Or if they do... They'll do like what Miro was doing up until he came back recently. He'll do vignettes. It won't be like he's he's not actually going to wrestle a match. So you'll get a chance to see Jungle Boy a little more. You'll get a chance to see Darby Allen a little more. You'll get the odd MJF. If you notice, MJF doesn't wrestle a lot of matches. But he gets a promo all the time. It's very selective. Sometimes give him promo. Sometimes have him wrestle in a match. But because MJF doesn't wrestle all the time, it actually gives a little bit more gravitas when he does. CM Punk is wrestling a lot right now because he's getting back in ring shape. Brian Danielson is a workhorse. He likes to work a lot. So for him, he's more comfortable wrestling more matches. But not everybody's the same. Eddie Kingston doesn't wrestle every week. But when Eddie Kingston does something, he, it's impactful because he brings the intensity. Well, you know what's going to preserve him for the long run? Don't have him wrestle every show. Not every week. Yeah. Sometimes just have him talk and say stuff. Great. Ricky Starks is on commentary half the time. But if you need him in a pinch... Throw Ricky Starks out there. He'll have a good match. The point is you've got all these guys who can, in a pinch, build a nice match for you, throw it on the time slot. And if you're noticing, they're putting some of these name guys in the first match of the night. And then some of the other ones are throwing in the main event. So you're giving people a reason to tune in at the beginning. You're giving people a reason to tune in at the end. And then you're putting a bunch of stuff in the middle. And you're starting to see some storylines build because you got these people feuding, these people feuding over there. On Rampage, that promo you're talking about, basically gave them a match for full gear that by the time we get to full gear next week, people are already excited about it. The crowd reacted very strongly to the promo and they, the pull apart was very, was good. Now they got a couple more days, a couple more shows to build up to it. That had almost no build. And now you've got a solid match for the pay-per-view and people are into it. 
with about a two week build. Yeah. Because yeah. those guys are that good at talking on the microphone that they're like, by the way, CM Punk didn't have a storyline until now. Well, now he and any Kingston are pissed off at each other. And by the way, you don't have to end it after full gear. It can be the one of the guy wins and then they keep yelling and jaw jacking at each other and you escalate it to the next pay-per-view. Yeah, you can you can take it as far as long as you want, really. Yeah. I so, mean, look at how long the MJF Chris Jericho thing lasted in its various iterations. Yeah, I would I wouldn't drag it out that long, but yes. The point is there's a happy medium, but the thing is Eddie Kingston and CM Punk can talk you into another pay-per-view match after this one if they want to. Yeah. And they're more than care. And by the way, that gives both those guys something to do. Now CM Punk has a clear direction while he's focusing on this. Brian Danielson may be working his way to a title match eventually, so he'll be focused on that. Jungle Boy and you know Luchasaurus are doing this other thing over here with the with the Young Bucks and uh, Adam Cole. The the Dark Order is doing a couple of things here and there where sometimes sometimes they're feuding with this. Anna Jay is feuding a little bit with you know is is with working with Ty Conti against Britt Baker and it, so like these people are doing these little things. And by the way, the TBS Women's Championship is going on. Ruby Soho or Thunder Rosa is probably going to come out of that as a champion. Yeah, well, it's got to, it's going to be one or the other. I, I hope it's Thunder Rosa, but I think they're going to give it to Soho. But the thing is, if you don't, if you do that, then you don't get the Thunder Rosa Britt Baker. I know. Well, you so, never know. I don't know. But yeah, the, you, I want I want Thunder Rosa to destroy Britt Baker. That's but, what I want. But that's Rosa. probably where you go with it. But then, then you know, Britt Baker had a great title reign. But then again, right? Um, she's wrestling Britt Baker on Wednesday, right? In the in a, in a six man tag. That's right. So the thing is that you've got the point is they keep circling each other. And then when the moment is right, trigger it right back up again. Pull the video. What about the lights out match? Yep. Pull clips from the lights out match. They already have a history. So you get to put them back together and it's very logical and immediately falls into place. You set yourself up for another title match. There you go. And then if Ruby, if you go that route, well, then you give Ruby Soho the TBS championship and she can feud with somebody else for that. So the, the right now, Again, I'm not going to claim it's perfect. It's not. However, I'm seeing pieces fall into place. Like as I'm watching now, this is experience watching so much wrestling, even the stuff that's subtle, by the way, you know, what we didn't talk about yet this week because, it, because nothing happened this week with it. Smackdown. MJF and Wardlow. Ah, uh, yes. That's still sitting in the back. By the way, that's still sitting in the background. Well, Wait, MJF is arguing with Darby Allen. Wardlow is sitting in the wings that's going to happen like they've they've put more breadcrumbs the last couple of months and it's escalating slowly to the point that wardlow is questioning njf sometimes wardlow got screwed over recently on last week's segment he got yeah, basically the, attacked he, he's the one who got the skateboard in the back slowly but you're noticing it's happening at much slower speed so this is operating at a slow speed this other stuff is happening at faster speed the tbs championship will have resolution soon we'll have a new champion the women's championship thing may come sooner rather than later. That may be the next pay-per-view after this one. Not this one, but the next one. Everything is slowly falling. Into... So all of a sudden, we got something happening in this, this pay-per-view. We've got to have a new champion. No matter what happens, we're going to have a new champion. Probably Hangman Page is a new, men's, is a new heavyweight men's champion. Great. Awesome. By the way, Miro has now been interjected back into this thing. He's going to have a real good match with Brian Danielson at the pay-per-view. That's going to be a good match. It'll be a lot of fun to watch. So guess what? Both guys can win out of that one. They're going to have themselves a great match. Miro stays strong. Brian Danielson will probably win it, would be my guess. But you can make it Miro. You can sell me on Miro having a title shot down the road. By the way, Hangman Page is a good guy. Miro's a bad guy. Wait a minute. Miro's in the title picture. What? Yeah. After having a good after having a good yeah. TNT championship run, now he's elevated to the next level. Now he's suddenly in the world championship title reign. 
What then, the hell? And then the pay-per-view ends with Wyndham Rotunda and the Dark Order. You could. But you see my point? Like, there's so many easy possibilities. And we're how many names did I name? Yeah. I named women's wrestlers. I named men's wrestlers. I named all kinds of people. And everybody seems to have... Not everyone is going to have something to do at the same time. But a lot of people do seem to have things to do now. And a lot of them seem to have various directions and some opportunities are presenting themselves or directions. Like I said, Wardlow technically doesn't have a storyline, but he does. It's just going at a much slower pace. But then when it's time to accelerate, it gets bumped up the the, the order. A Wardlow MJF feud would be money if, as with the setup, with the build you've been giving it. Because when the time comes, all of a sudden you can you can harken back to all those side eyes. You can harken back to all those arguments, those moments where MJF tries to belittle him a little bit. Suddenly you can pull all that video back and put it as a and do a whole video treatment on it. So I I'm looking forward to that. MJF may be in the title picture down the road too. Miro may or may not win, but he may be one of the first challengers for Hangman Adam Page as new champion. That'd be cool keeps him strong he, he's a legitimate dude now now at this point he becomes an official guy who's always hovering that main event picture and moxley's technically out and he's another main event player they've got so there's yeah. lots of room on that roster there's a lot of good talent on that roster. there is said, absolutely i'm not gonna argue that point yeah and if you bring a rotenda in there he can be doing storyline things for a while because he likes storyline things so he can focus on that do some rehabilitation of dark order make them darker that's a possibility he can make it more interesting and be like all right Fun games are, are over. You're called the Dark Order. Let's do some dark shit. Which would be kind of cool. I, I'd, I'd, I'd be into that. But that's my point. So all of a sudden, you take the exact same characters that you've been seeing on TV this whole time, give them a little twist, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, it's like a new fresh coat of paint. Oh, okay. And all of a sudden, people are reinterested and reengaged in this new group and what they're going to do and what whatever, whatever the plans are. I, I see potential in a lot of these things. Some of it will work. Some of it won't. Guaranteed. It's not going to be a thousand batting average. Nobody has a thousand batting average. But I, I feel like um, it's a better problem to have, maybe, that I would say, than just being directionless and like realigning your direction every six months and not being sure what you want to do with yourself and cutting people just because you hired people you should have never hired. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. And just bear in mind, a lot of the folks that are there with AEW are on an appearance basis. So some of them are like, and even though the uh, the relationship with Impact is currently off, they still have a pretty good communication open. You can always do the forbidden door thing again if you need to. You can be like, hey guys, so like I don't have enough airtime for some of these folks, but they need some stuff to do. Can can we do a thing where, hey, I'll borrow a couple of your folks, you come and borrow some of these folks, and let's do a little exchange and freshen up both shows a little bit, give them a little airtime. Christian Cage was Impact champion for a while. Yep. It gave him something to do. And now he's back, and now he's focusing on this thing with the super click. There you go. Great. But it gave him something to do for a little while in the meantime. Yeah. So everybody wins. If you can if you can have a good collaboration with these other companies, everybody wins. Yeah, and it's a good time for wrestling. Yeah. So that's why I say, like, I feel like Tony Khan has a lot of opportunities. Now, what he's got to be careful of, to your point from earlier, is he's got to be careful that you're probably going to need that, you know, those lieutenants sooner rather than later. You need some help. You need more eyes on the ground to really keep an eye on what's going on. And in this whole conversation, I didn't even talk about Cody and his ongoing thing now with Andrade and Malachi Black and and Pac. Which is actually starting to get more interesting. I didn't even mention them. 
I spent all this time talking about all this stuff going on and I didn't even mention them. Yeah. And they're part of it too. So I feel like AEW's got a lot going on with it. Yeah, more hires would make it complicated, but I feel like you can swap people in and out because Red Velvet had a run here where she was in that t- tournament. Now she can go back to doing some other stuff in the meantime. The bunny is always just kind of hovering around. She Her job is just to be there to do certain things here and there. Penelope Ford wasn't on the show. Usually she accompanies the bunny. Like these folks kind of come in and out. But because if they're not on the main angle, they don't have to be on every week. Yeah. So yeah, they've got a lot of people. But if if everybody's not on every week and you're not seeing them every week, like on Rampage, Statlander wasn't on the show. Nia Rollers wasn't on the show. But now on Rampage, they'll be on the show. It's true. Spread it out. Don't basically don't force anybody to do double duty. Spread them out so that if you're on this show this week, take the rest of the week off. Go do something else. And then we'll see you next week. That way you're you're not running two brands, but it still feels almost like you're keeping the folks I see on this show. You want to tune into Rampage, you're going to see different folks than you're going to see on Dynamite. Yeah. But the storylines still continue. It's not like the storylines stop. They do still continue forward. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So, so I, I think, think uh, I think overall the, the the takeaway from this should be is AW needs to hire Carlos. These are facts. And Aaron Rodgers needs to hire Carlos to slap him across the face. Yeah, yeah. So there him. you go. So this episode, people, as we're wrapping it up now, the message you get from this is hire Carlos. Mm. The man is fully employed, but still hire Carlos. Am I fully employed, Dave? Okay. The man is employed. (laughs) The forbidden door is open, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Can this episode please be entitled hire Carlos? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Or hashtag sponsor us, you know, or both. Well, what about hire Carlos and sponsors? I'm, I'm okay with that live the dream but yeah the, the bottom line is i think um I, i'm very i'm willing to be very patient with aw's stylings because at least they're giving me something even if not everything is clicking at the same time there's enough stuff going on that I, okay if i it's like the old it's like the old monday night war days some of that stuff was shit to be clear some of that stuff was really shitty it was garbage at the time, we were all like glued to the television, staring at it because we couldn't miss anything because we didn't know what was going to happen. We don't have that problem anymore. However, for me, all I need, all you need to do is give me a couple of good matches, give me a couple of storylines that I think are interesting that I can follow. And if I don't care about the other ones, I'll fast forward through them and not care. Yep. But you give me a couple of things that I can tune into every week. We're good, man. On to next week. Exactly. And for those of us listening, uh, AW, come to Canada because Carlos and I are going to that show. We should. Yeah, absolutely. If we've got, if they finally do get it, if they finally are able to cross and make that happen, I think, uh, I think hey, WWE's coming to Toronto in December. So there's no reason AW can't. Are you sure we can't lock them up at the border or something? Like, do, do we have to let them in? Well, For their I own mean, good. Can not, we leave them there? They're not officially in yet, but uh, they're could, on could the we, Could we like, you, buy, could, you can pay to get tickets. Could we like hire somebody to like go to sunny scenic Tonawana and put welcome to Canada? Just and they're going to Rico again. What's that? They're going to Rico or whatever it's called now. Yeah. Rico. Wasn't it Rico Coliseum? I think it's like Coca-Cola Coliseum or some crap now. Great. Or Coca-Cola Rico. I don't know. Anyway, well, I will say the venue. I will say the venue is good from experience. The venue is good for wrestling because I've been there as a wrestler with wrestling configuration. It is a good venue. They usually put on a pretty good show. If WB knows how to do nothing else, they can usually put on a good stage show, a good live show. Um, but right now, their their roster is in a sad, sad state. I don't know what they're going to put on that for that. I don't know. Well, if they've be able- guaranteed that uh, 
Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Bobby Lashley, and Big E will be there. Those are the four that are guaranteed to be at that show. Trash. <laughs> Just thought I would share my feelings, you know. And probably like a bunch of jobbers, but hey. You already, named, you already named a bunch of jobbers. Becky Lynch is not a jobber. I know. She's not. She she has struggled a lot since coming back. That character, the attempted character right now is like, look, being a low-rent, watered-down Conor McGregor is not going to work. Okay? Just, no. Just, just let it go. I know they're not going to let it go. But my advice would be to let it go. Fair enough. Yeah, like, it's it's not very good. It's like you you hold a title. That's that's good enough, I suppose. But like whatever. I don't give a shit about you, Bianca Belair, or any of that crap. All right then. Whatever. All right, folks. <sighs> you could you could WWE creative. <laughs> it's it, it, almost everybody hates WWE creative at this well, point, true. except that's for true. the WWE stands at this stage. Almost everybody hates their creative. Yeah. Anyway, so I think that'll be it this time around. We uh, we had a little we had a little fun. We'll talk a little bit more about a couple of these other things uh, next week. We'll figure out the scheduling situation because I will be doing the expo thing, and uh, uh, Saturday is going to be a weird day. So, uh, but you never know. Hell, maybe I'll do it from my hotel room. Ooh. I don't know, Dave. Are you ready for that? I, gotta, I am ready I, for that. I'm yeah. ready to do it, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes because a lot of it's going to be timing based. Because don't forget, I might be out having dinner with folks, and we'll we'll, I'll, I'll, we'll yep, be in touch. We'll, fig- we'll, we'll in figure touch. something out. We'll figure out. Anyway, the bottom line is uh, we'll be back. We'll figure out some more stuff. We'll keep an eye. But uh, next week, right around, I think they're doing it on a Saturday. It's the 13th. Right? There, it is yeah. a Saturday. So Saturday will be the night of full gear. Ooh, fancy. Anyway, we'll figure out what's going on from there. I will order that in some capacity in some way. I'm going to figure it out. But otherwise, um, you know, check us out on YouTube is the best place. Unnecessary Announces Podcast. And you can see uh, and you can see me gesture my arms in a wild manner while Dave looks on approvingly. Uh, you can uh, follow you can follow da- David, uh, you know, on his social media platforms. And you can ask him why, why he forsaken the 80s wrestling podcast. Why? It was under the giant. Why do you not respect the OG? I know, Carlos. I love Andre the Giant, man. I love Andre the Giant. <clears throat> it, it, the thing is, he, he's even changed his name, went into witness protection as David. I don't know who the fuck David is. That should be the title of this. Who the fuck is David? <laughs> I don't know who this is. So, I only know David. Just ask the Iron Sheik. That's canon. I only know David. But the point is that, you know, you even lied about your identity so that you could get on this show anonymously. And then what? No Andre the Giant tribute? How dare you? I know. I know. Awful. Anyway, hashtag sponsors. So that'll be it for us. Uh, you can check it out, like I said, on the YouTube channel. Also, it's on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your audio version. That'll be up uh, in short order as well. And then uh, we'll continue on forward into the rest of 2021, into 2022 and beyond, because for some reason, this godforsaken podcast does not end. <laughs> as I give my, my thousand miles here. Not thousand yard. I said thousand mile. It wasn't a mistake. I heard you. Anyway, so that'll be it for myself and David. Episode 115 of the Unnecessary Announcements Podcast. We'll be back for 116.